the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hour two of our big program right here on Tuesday afternoon. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, we're on every single day, weekday, from 3 to 5 right here in Southern California. And you can give us a call at 888-528-2557. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, I I want to ask you this question. No judgment here. We're going we can talk about it, but are you buying a lottery ticket today or have you bought one ready for the uh ready for it tonight? It is 830 million dollars. After taxes, that's 15 dollars. No, actually it's a pretty good deal uh if uh you win that money. I and I say that only kind of sort of because the studies actually say that it wrecks your life that suddenly you have relatives from all over the world that you never knew about asking you for money. People hunt you down. You you end up getting divorced. You end up fighting with all of your friends, and, you're, and you also find a way to spend $830 million in about three years. I don't understand how people do that. But that being said, I'm, I'm curious. What would you do if you suddenly came into that much money? Because if you're saying to yourself, I, I said this once to somebody. I said, well, I'm not going to buy a ticket, so I'm not going to win. And he said, well, if God wanted you to win, maybe you would find a ticket on the ground. And I'm not even kidding. Not, after, not long after he said that to me, I found a lottery ticket. And, I, and there was no one around anywhere. There was no way I could figure it out. And I thought, what happens if I win? What am I going to do? Uh, I lost. Uh, and I checked it out. I have purchased them before. I'm not going to say I haven't done that. I, buy, uh, I bought, last time I bought them, I think the, it was over a billion dollars. It's a funny conversation I have in my head. It's like, oh, a billion dollars, that's worth it. If it's only like $40 million, well, who needs that? I'll probably still have to go to work, especially in Southern California. You know, that barely pays the rent. What would you do with the winnings? And what do you think the right thing to do with is the winnings? 888-528-2557. I'll bet that a lot of people have it worked out what they would do, or you think you to yourself in your head, oh, I'd give this much money here, or I would uh, do this with that. Um, what would you do? 888-528-2557. And are you planning to buy? Do you, you know, what do you do with that? The, the CEO of a fast food company, Keynes, bought $50,000 worth of Mega Millions tickets to split with each of his 50,000 employees if he wins. And uh, so, I mean, everybody who works there, I guess that you're you're kind of excited, although I don't know how that divides up. Probably after taxes, it's not as much as you might think. You probably don't get to quit your job at, at Keynes. But um, what would you do with the money? And I'm thinking about this because I'm also thinking about Christians kind of and what we do with our money. Did you see on the news this this pastor in New York? So there's a pastor in New York who, during his church service— Right there on the live stream, some guys come in with guns to rob everybody, all right? Uh, But here's the thing. They rob the pastor, only the pastor, and he's wearing a million dollars worth of jewelry. 
and he had his million dollars of jewelry stolen from him. But them's the breaks. You know, I guess that's a bummer. You know, if you're wearing a million dollars of jewelry and uh, somebody uh, breaks into your church to do that. Now, I don't want to downplay that it's a scary thing, right? And then people coming into your church with guns and uh, you don't know exactly what's going on. What's really interesting, though, is the pastor was he had just said and I, he just said, what would do, do you lose your faith if somebody close to you dies in front of you? That's what he says. And then these guys come in with guns. And if I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, well, is this, is this kind of a, you know, a sketch here? We're we doing a, a play? Uh, what does this work? Well, that's not what happens. This, so they come in with guns, and then you see this on the, on the tape. Yo, yo. All right, right, right. All right, and the pastor just lays down on his stomach on the stage, and uh, these guys come in, and they, they rob him. Now, if you get a chance to watch this video, there is something interesting going on. You know, the, most of the people in the audience, you don't see them, but you hear them scuffling about. I imagine they're leaving, getting on the ground themselves, you know, that kind of noise. But on the stage, this pastor is Bishop Lamar Lamar Whitehead from uh, New York. And uh, there's a guy on the left of this video who's a deacon or something. He's sitting kind of up front, whatever role that might be in his church. He doesn't move. His posture doesn't even change. He's got like a Bible on his lap and some, and he's like twiddling his thumbs or he's got something in his hands. He's doing something. These guys walk in with semi-automatic weapons and put everybody on the floor, but he doesn't. He just sits there. I'm telling you, if you're watching the story, if you've seen it, there's another part to the story that's going to come out. That guy doesn't change his posture at all. Like something's fishy with this story. Anyway, he comes in, and of course he is, uh, he is concerned about uh, his people. Here's some things that he said. When I see them come into the sanctuary with their guns, I told everybody, get out women and children started to scream and they put the gun they came put the gun to my back and they put the gun to my daughter's face this is atrocious right for men to come in at during service and lay the entire church down at gunpoint now he says the right things there and obviously that would be a scary moment and if that's happened in your church and we've had some terrible uh mass shootings that have happened at churches and uh, shooting at a church here in the Southland not too long ago. But the story that that comes out of this is that the New York City Police Department say that they stole $400,000 worth of jewelry from this pastor and his wife that now they say is worth more like a million dollars. And he's wearing this. Should pastors do that? I mean, should anybody do that? The LAPD is warning you not to go outside with any kind of jewelry because somebody's just going to take it and they don't prosecute. And they don't prosecute in New York uh, most of the time now anyway. Um, But he's wearing this million dollars. And then he he had this to say. He says, I'm praying for them, but I want justice to be prevailed because they can't just run into these churches like this, man. If you could run into the church, you could run anywhere. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that they got tired of busting into these jewelry stores and doing the smash and grab. And somebody's saying, hey, this pastor I know is wearing more more bling than the jewelry store we were going to bust into. Let's just take them. Let's just take him out. I think he did. He This guy says that he is a mentor to Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. And he wanted to get involved in uh, there was a, a subway shooter a few weeks ago and the police arrested him before uh, the subway shooter. They arrested the shooter before he got there. But he wanted to get involved in the negotiations with this guy. And they remarked that he showed up in a $400,000 Rolls Royce. Uh, that's what he did. So it raises this question with me as believers. And, and see, and this is, the, this is the question. I think if he wasn't wearing that kind of jewelry, if they, and it doesn't look like it's a, uh, 
you know, an upscale neighborhood. And I realize in New York, you know, a million dollars, that's three months rent maybe for anybody's apartment. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a nice neighborhood. I'm wondering if people in that church think that they're sitting there I mean, the, the outside of the church anyway, even the inside, it doesn't look fancy. It doesn't look like they've spent any money. Um, and that would be fine, but for the money that is being worn by the guy up front. I mean, that, you know, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. What do you think about this? And if you came into a bunch of money, you inherited it, you won the lottery, um, what's the right thing to do? If you thought about it, won the lottery, what would you do? It's all right to call me and just tell me what you what you think you would do with it, 888-528-2557. What I tell myself, if I find that lottery ticket on the ground, and I happen to win, what I would like to believe I would do, other than obviously be generous and give to the Lord and yada, 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 okay, those kinds of things. What I would like to think I would do is not tell a soul. That's what I would like to do. If I happen to come into that, not tell anybody. Don't go buy anything fancy. Don't change your life. If you can keep it a secret, that's that's what I would do. You know, and then maybe I would have like a a safe house somewhere in case I got found out and I needed to run, right? Let's take my family. You know, I'd have something out there, some Airbnb that I secretly own and I'd kept to kick those people out. I don't know. Uh, see, I have thought about this, you know, and that's where I would keep the Aston Martin in the garage up at that place. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be cool to just go out to eat and you just buy everybody's meal for them all of a sudden in the restaurant and you could just do that secretly, um, you see a need in the church or in your community, and you could just handle it, but but keep it to yourself between you and the Lord. And because you haven't blown all of your money in some big mansion somewhere, you live in the same house. You know, pay it off. Don't pay the interest. The bank doesn't need the money. You know, what kind of car would you really drive? You're going to get noticed in your $400,000 Rolls Royce. I mean, that was the, the story. So a guy comes to help the police. A pastor comes to help the police. And the story isn't this guy was willing to get involved to help the community. The story is Rolls-Royce. Guy pulls up in a Rolls-Royce and uh, fancy threads and uh, wants to. uh, That's the story. See, there's a place where we we lose track, don't we? There's a place where, you know, the money itself, you could do a lot of good with it. Should Christians flaunt their wealth in such a way if they come across it? What would you do? What would you like to think you would do if you came across this kind of money? What would you actually do with it? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, you can give me a call and uh, tell me what you think. Tell me, uh, you know, you've maybe you've gone out to one of the casinos, you know, and uh, you've gone out to, uh, you know, one of the Pachanga, what's that out there in Traficula, one of those places out there? Do they still call it Traficula? Years ago, Temecula. There was a writer in the uh, press, the Union, what is that, the Riverside newspaper? I don't remember what it's called now. Press Enterprise is what it was called. And the, the writer always called it the, uh, he called it Traficula because there's always so much traffic out there. Um, he'd never been to LA, apparently. 888 um, Let's go to Chris in Westminster. Chris, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey Scott, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, hi Chris. Um, I was I was reading up on that uh, report with that pastor who had the jewelry. Yeah, and I watched some of his videos. He mentioned that he's a real estate agent, and that most of his money, if I'm not mistaken, comes from his real estate. So I wanted just to add that caveat. I I have di- like uh, 
differing opinions. On one side of the coin, I believe uh, if that's his own money that he worked or that he achieved off of his own uh, merit versus from the church, uh, I, I don't see anything wrong uh, uh, too much. But at the same time, as a pastor and the leader of a church, and spending money on jewelry, I just think is just just absurd, to be honest with you. So there's mixed emotions uh, on that subject, because there was another pastor a while ago uh, that was made the news where he bought a Lamborghini for his wife, and the church had uh, kind of an uproar about that, but he used his own money to do that as well. So um, personally, I don't think if I was a pastor that I would be doing stuff like that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, sometimes we as humans, we buy maybe two or three cars, have two or three homes. Uh, how many cars or homes do we need? Uh, someone can make that argument. As far as the um, what would I do or the gambling thing, as I was sitting here listening to you real quick, um, is is playing a quarter, if you stick a quarter into the uh, you know video game machine, is that considered gambling and, and all that other stuff? So. Uh, I don't know. I have mixed emotions. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it, what you do with the money. Um, What would I do with the money? I don't know. I'd probably buy a house, help my family, uh, you know, with debt or whatever, and then probably tithe off of it and just save the rest for for my children. But, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know what we would actually do with the money, right? I think we can make plans. But what we we see is that if people suddenly get wealthy this way, they tend to mess it up. and they run into all kinds of problems. Chris, let me ask you this question. Why, uh, and you, you mentioned that uh, he probably got his money from realty. Obviously, he didn't get it from that church. Uh, although he does have, it's an interesting part of the story, he does have a record of uh, going to prison for a grand larceny, oddly enough. So maybe he got it from somebody. Um, but okay, so he's a realtor. He's making the money. You mentioned that if you were a pastor, you probably wouldn't do it. Why? Uh, well, one, spending money on jewelry, I just think is, uh, I don't know, it's just absurd. But as a pastor, um, why wouldn't I do that? It's a great question. I don't know. Uh, to me, money, in my view of money, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not motivated, motivated by money. So I, I really rely on God when it comes to that. Of course, I work. But uh, I don't know, I guess it does set a bad example. When you're wearing the blinged out stuff, I feel like a lot of these, well, not a lot, but this pastor was trying to be kind of like a hip-hop guy, and nothing wrong with that, I guess, but I don't know. I do kind of feel it rubs me the wrong way. I used to be into hip-hop and all that stuff, but once I came to Christ, he kind of changed my life, and I just think that sort of, sort of sets a bad precedent as a pastor to uh, to live in that fancy lifestyle, if you will. I don't think Jesus uh, lived that type of lifestyle, so I guess that's why I probably wouldn't do it. All right, Chris, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. And uh, let's see, Chris, you asked me about, uh, you know, was putting a quarter in a video game machine uh, gambling. No, I think that's, uh, that's buying a video game for a quarter. Uh, I myself have put way too many quarters in video games back in the day. And if you are a younger person, uh, you didn't used to have that in your home, your video game, your Nintendo, your Mario Brothers. You actually had to leave the house and go down to something that was called a video arcade. And they had these machines in there where you could take your dollar bills and put them in the machine and out would come four quarters. And you would play video games until all of your money was gone. I can't even begin to tell you how much money I wasted in there as a kid. Um, but I got very good at Miss Pac-Man and Cubert. 888-528-2557. It does raise you know, a question, right? This is what, you know, spiritually speaking, where should you put your money? How should this work? What happens if you, um, you know, all of us have uh, some amount of money somehow? Where do we, where do we spend it? 888-528-2557. 
Uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Let's go to Teresa in San Diego. Teresa, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, Teresa. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, so you had asked the question, what would you do with it? Um, the lottery I, money. I do a, yeah, the lottery money. I do a camp for kids that are in the foster care system called Royal Family Kids Camp. And on my way to work, often there's a sign that says, yeah, the lottery's up to $35 million and the super lottery's up to $350 million, you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And I think, I always, I always have this thought with God, it's like, if you float a dollar right now into my car, I will play the lottery, and whatever money I win, I'll make this killer camp for those kids. Right. And not charge, you know, we don't charge the kids anything to come to the camp, but... But the church plays, pays an awful lot for it, and it wouldn't it be awesome if that was just free for everybody? But anyway, that's what I would do with it. And I don't know if my husband would appreciate that, but, um, but it's my dollar from God, right? That's right. So. It's your dollar from God. So I guess if you if you prayed and had the dollar uh, uh, just fall into your lap. You know, I have a, I have a story. Thank you for your call, uh, Teresa. I have a pastor friend who prayed. He really did. He prayed that he would win the lottery. He was having some financial problems, and he told God in his prayer, that if he won the lottery, he would give half to the church. I'm not even kidding. He won $60,000, and he struggled mightily with his oath to God. He tried to find every reason in the world not to give that $30,000 half, and he said, and I needed it. That 60000 was exactly the number I needed for my family, and now I got to give half. And he did. He gave half to the church. He did it. And uh, he goes, you know, I don't even know what I believe about all of that or, if you know, if this is just, he says, but I, I prayed it. He goes, I prayed that prayer out loud and I won. And he says, I couldn't live with myself <laughs> if uh, if I didn't. And uh, you're probably listening out there maybe. Uh, I remember that story. It's an old story, but I remember it. 888-528-2557. What would you do if you won the lottery or otherwise came into a whole bunch of money? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What's your? You can even just say, "Hey, this is how I would spend it on myself. This is what I fantasize about with that kind of thing." Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Daryl in Beverly Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, Daryl. How, how are, are you? you? Oh, I'm 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 blessed, bro. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you I love your your uh, your broadcast. You you got that awesome Frank Sontag vibe. I love it. It's very funky, very lively. And upbeat. Well, thank you. We're having um, a great time. Um, first of all, winning the lottery, it's not an open point discussion for true believers. Uh, I've said this over uh, uh, for the past up 10 years. If I ever won the lottery, I would tithe. That's not, God God gets his cut off the top automatic. That's yeah. not open for discussion. That's not open for discussion. Then I would pay the taxes, and whatever's left over, which is for me, then I would, you know, like, but like you said, I won't tell a soul, not a soul, but to a lot of friends who helped me when I was down, when I didn't have nothing, I would send everybody text messages, say, meet me at this location, at this time, at this place, and I would sit back at an unmarked, an unmarked vehicle, I'd watch somebody arrive simultaneously, and i have a signed seating, and I'd walk in with some, uh, with some briefcases with everybody's name on it and say, look, uh, this is my way of saying thank you. I made an investment. I did, but I won't tell them what kind of investment. I said, I made an investment. This is my way of saying thank you. Uh, do you want to pay me back? This is how you pay me back. Spend your money wisely. If you blow it, don't come looking for me. Okay, uh, I would um, now my obsession. I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, I have this obsession with guitar, 
basses and keyboards. I was born in a musical family, both my mom and dad side as well as my grandparents. So I have a house full of basses, custom built, you know, the drums and keyboards and whatever. That's my that's my that's my drug. Um, yeah. But as far as tithing, oh man, I was I, I tithe right now. I work at LAX. I tithe right now with, with what I make, and I don't miss it. So if I if I were to win the lottery, giving God whatever half of and thirty whatever half of that is, whatever ten percent of that is, I won't miss it. Eighty three million dollars. That would be a lot to put in the plate. I, I won't miss it. All right, you wouldn't. You you would still have you, you would still have seven hundred million dollars. And I, I will bless a lot of people. But I'll, I'll be like pay somebody's home off, pay somebody's car it off. Let's just say if I if I knew you as a friend. And I was hanging out with you. You said, I need to go visit somebody. And you take me with you to some friend's house who's been struggling for a long, long time. She's she's a single mom. Her husband left her or might have died, whatever. And she has. She's barely hanging on. Barely, barely hanging on. With, you know, barely hanging on. What I would do, I would um, send a lot of toys to the, you know, especially if it's the holiday season. A lot of just have somebody knock on the door. Are right. you Miss so so I have some, I have some presents for you. She won't know who it is. Even, I might tell you, then I might not tell you. But she, all of a sudden, if she has a driver's license, a car with pop a pop up with a red ribbon on it, say, "This is for you. Enjoy. This is from a very concerned person." You know, Daryl. Enjoy. I, I gotta go to a break, but you know what I love? I love that you're number one. You're proving my theory that people have thought about this, about what they would do. Uh-huh. And you know what I think is oh, great, Daryl, is that it, a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> still a lot of things, but they won't do it. They won't do it. Well, that's the thing is, I think, would we really do it? But I appreciate your generous spirit with it. That what you're thinking about is how to help people and help people who've helped you. I think that's fantastic. I tithe right now, I tithe right now and I don't miss it. So, yeah. hey, whatever 2% of, whatever part of 2% of that is, I won't miss it. All right, Daryl, I got to take a break. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. What would you do if you won the lottery? Did you buy a ticket? $830 million goes to uh, the winner, minus taxes. It's like half, but you still have 400 and some million dollars, and then you can tax and you know tithe your 40-something, or you do the gross, the 83. That's a whole other conversation, right? Do you tax your gross or do you tax your uh, net income? 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment for your calls. This is Scott Furrow as your Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. The number is 888-528-2557. We've asked the question with the lottery at $830 million. Are you buying a ticket? What would you do with the money? We talked about the pastor in New York who was uh, mugged, and they took a mil- they took a million dollars of jewelry off of him. And this is what he had to say when asked about: uh, Is it okay for a pastor to have that kind of uh, jewelry and all of that money? Here's what he said: You know, it's my prerogative to purchase what I want to purchase. If I worked hard for it, I can purchase what I want to purchase. Well, I guess you can purchase what you want to purchase, but uh, it's, uh, you know, for a Christian, what should we do if we came into that kind of money? And my theory is that a lot of us listening, and uh, you've got a bunch, of, I've got a bunch of calls on here we'll get to, I think we've thought about it. I think we've thought in detail about what we've done. What would you do? John in Woodland Hills. John in Woodland Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first of all, I've always had dreams of building a orphanage rescuing children i'm a family guy i've got five children of my own plus a stepdaughter who's who's graduated from college she's a she's a grown-up now but i've always tried to help other people i think 
to be honest with you, when you've had an encounter with God on a personal level and you've you've been changed, you've been born again, I think he changes your dreams and your aspirations for our time in this life. Hmm. And I think that building the kingdom becomes preeminent in your hopes and your dreams. I think it's shaped. Uh, God shapes that, begins to cultivate that in your newness of life um, as we finish out our time here on earth. And I think building the kingdom, uh, for the faith, standing for the truth, the, I think those become preeminent in this time more than ever. I mean, if you asked me this question 30 years ago, it might have got somewhat of a different answer. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that contending for the faith has become paramount. Now, to address really quickly about the pastor, um, <clears throat> any pastor that answers questions without uh, citing biblical justification for what is being done there is I think that says all you need to know about that pastor and that leadership. But, you know, you can't serve God in money. You, your heart hides where that treasure is. And I think that, I think that if avoiding the appearance of evil, especially for pastors, is super important. When you, look, when you come off looking greedy or haughty or arrogant because of the expense of the jewelry, there's, it's a natural presumption that that jewelry is at the expense of people who are being faithful or generous with their tithes and offerings, mm. and that's not right. And I think that what happened to this guy was a judgment from God as an example of, hey, you can't just parade around a name or profit off of it. We're here to build the kingdom. Jesus is king. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, think, I think it's wrong. Uh, I think the Bible is very clear about uh, you know, having a humble heart and a humble spirit, being a, a servant leader, right? Where much is given, much is required. And I don't think that includes a million dollars in jewelry. I'm not saying you can't look nice and represent God's good favor and good success on your life, but that's ridiculous. It, it's an appearance of evil, in my opinion, and it's way, oh, it's, it's, it's ignorant of our purpose on this earth and who the king is. Yeah, all right, John, thank you. Appreciate your call and and for calling Southern California Live. You know, I think that it is one of the things, right, with this pastor who uh, had all that money he's wearing. He might have asked for it, right? I mean, I hate to put it that way, but like I said, should we go uh, break into the jewelry store where we might have to deal with the cops and with the the security or this pastor next door who always is wearing a million dollars of stuff? Um, and it changes the story, right? And I, when I listened to him, I thought, well, you know what? He might have a genuine heart for the people there in a, in a way, but it certainly gets, you know, maybe, but it gets in the way because we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, his wealth. 888-528-2557 is the number. What would you do if you won the lottery or came into a bunch of money? Reselda, is that right in Santa Monica, Reselda? Yes. Hi, welcome to Southern That's California me. Live. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, what would you do if you came into that money? Well, um, being a born-again Christian for start, uh, like three decades already, the first uh, lesson I learned from my Bible is tithing. Mm-hmm. Tithing, giving back to God what is His, is very um, critical for showing how much really you worship God. Okay, so after you and, tithe, after you tithe, and you have seven hundred million dollars left, what would you do? 
Well, I will distribute the money to my fa- for my favorite uh, charities. And I will pray about it and ask Jesus to give me wisdom to which charity, Christian charities, churches, yeah. <clears throat> that I should give it to. All right. Because in this time, the mission work is very important. It is. And if I had that money... I would love to give that so that the kingdom of God keeps building up while we are waiting for Jesus to return. Right. All us. right, Roselda, I got to go on to the next call, but uh, thank you for being the generous heart, you know, that you could do a lot for the kingdom with that. Paul from Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Paul. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. I'm not a gambling guy, uh, but if I came to win, Paul, I would... Uh, do what the Lord has been telling me to do for the, how he's designed me for the past 42 years. I've never had an opportunity uh-huh. to work it out and work with uh, a couple of organizations, Charlie Kirk's and uh, the Homeschool Awakening Movement. Yeah. And uh, he's asking me to write out my experience, and I don't understand why God didn't allow me to know about Notary Public 20 years ago because I'm developed. He's uh, made my mind to be like an innovator type. Uh-huh. And I want to put together a curriculum for that part, so to make newer entrepreneurs. Yeah, okay, Paul. That's what we need. I, appreci- huh? I appreciate that, Paul. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. You know, I think, uh, you know, when we ask why, you know, maybe we didn't know these things, you know, we can't just stay there in the past. Just do what you think God's calling you to do now, and God is going to do for you what he... Uh, you know, what he wants. I know a guy who's in this situation where he just keeps getting huge amounts of money. It's shocking. And I think the reason it keeps happening is because he actually does give it away and you'd never know. And he gives it, he gives it all away. Uh, Mary from Westlake, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you for having me, Scott. And thank you for this uh, question. It brings uh, a lot of uh, thoughts forward. Um, I am obviously um, a person who cares about certain causes, and they are forefront in my mind for a long time. But I also came to America 30 years ago, and um, I've been like a single mom without any financial support. So I was only relying on myself, and although well-educated and, you know, a filmmaker with all kinds of talents, I have not managed to provide a a home of our own to my family. Now I have a bigger family from my son's children. And so the first thing I really feel that God calls me to do is to provide a home for the family because we have such talented children in our family. And the the next thought is um, these programs for the gifted and the talented children. I think very often in our um, charity work, we forget the gifted and the talented. They need the proper education, the proper, uh, you know, the schooling and the development of their talents. So I would like to uh, facilitate that with uh, a bigger 
a bigger donation for this cause. Yeah, it's there's called a, Peace Out Program. There's a lot that, that we can I do. Mary, I want to I want to go on. I have a lot of calls, but I appreciate your generosity. And then for healing, and then for healing of men who are, uh, have problem with sobriety and alcohol. Yeah, I want to create uh, create uh, homes like that, and you know, to multiply so we have more healing of these younger men who are otherwise amazing. That's a great idea, than, Mary. Mary, I need to move on. I appreciate your call very much, uh, Maria from Lake Forest. Welcome to Southern California. California Live. Hi. Hi, Maria. Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, everybody who, that had said, I um, already think about it, like what I uh, told the other uh, person who answered me a while ago. Yeah. I said, I'm not a gambler, and but uh, if the Holy Spirit leads me to buy and show me the ticket, <laughs> and I will, because I believe in hard work. I work so hard, 24 hours, um, sometimes six days, seven days, or 15 days straight. Yeah. But if uh, I will, um, I will be led and spend my one dollar for that ticket. I would, what will I do? I will give first. I'm a tighter. Uh, to God be the glory. I'll give my tithes and offering. Okay. To church, and I'll pay my tax. And support my um, uh, church in the Philippines, uh, ah. the school, Shakina Grace School in the Philippines that needs to survive right now. I'm working so hard to support our school there, the mm. first Christian church in my hometown. And all my money is going back there just to support well, Maria, thank you. Church. Yeah, thank you for doing that. You know what? It, uh, you know, we're talking about kind of the fantasy of millions and millions of dollars, and that's not going to happen for most of us, right? I mean, this whole conversation, yes, yes, uh, the the lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. Like you, you have, I think, a better chance of getting hit by a meteor than you do winning the lottery. Actually, um, yes. you know what? But with what God has been giving you, you're being faithful with it, and that is such a great thing, Maria. Thank you for doing that. And uh, I got to take welcome, a, I got to take a break here. I see so many of you on hold. We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back from the break. I want you to to know this too that we also when we get back from the break, I'm going to give you something to think about. So as you think about what it is that you would do and you thought about it with this much money, I'm going to give you something that you can do now, lottery or not. When we come back from the break, this is Southern California Live. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'm Scott Fur. I'll be right back when the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. I'm asking, are you buying a lottery ticket? $830 million. What would you do if you had a windfall of that amount of money? I think we've made some plans. So many of you have called, and I'll get to your calls here in just a second, of what you would do. I do want to point out that I am not promoting the lottery 70%, that's the statistic, 70% of lottery winners have blown the entire amount in five years. Five years, they blow it. I mean, you could could live, your, your family could live for generations if you did the right thing with it. And that's not what happens. And the horror stories of winning the lottery, maybe you don't. See, the Lord always knows what's best for you. Okay, but if somebody gave you a lottery ticket and you happened to uh, to win and you felt that this is what God wanted you to do, what would you do? What are your thoughts about it? Uh, let's go to Ted in Los Angeles. Ted, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. Ted, City of the Angels once again. Um, my take on this is uh, 
imagine if all those people that were, you know, down and out, and I see the faces of people when they go to gamble and stand in line, all their efforts are used when they could be at home trying to make a living and work like the Bible says us to, and take that effort and take those dollars and give them to the church, and that the God distributes our wealth evenly as he knows how much you can handle it, and he Mm. prospers us evenly. So that because he's the only one that can orchestrate that. That's why you see so much horror stories of what happens with this money uh, that people win. It's evil. My father raised me in the church. He never bought one ticket. He did not vote for it. And they also haven't kept up exactly what they said they would do. They're liars. Just like it says in the Bible, they never helped any of the schools like the lottery said they would. So why would we take blood money? I, I just... I, to me, it's blood money to see all the people that are so desperate. Oh, let me spend my last dollar or let me spend money that's, that, that could be put into a business or, or given to the church. You know, God is really clear on it. Test me. Hmm. So why, why gamble with the lottery? Why don't you test God? Give it to the church. And God knows what you, what you need. Ted, I appreciate your call. I want to get to uh, the thank rest you. of these calls, but thanks for listening, Ted, as always. Thank you. You know, it is um, something to keep in mind here, too, is that people, if you've got a gambling problem, you know, the lottery, you know, you might be spending huge amounts in the lottery. I've counseled people who have lost their homes because of gambling, casinos, lottery, whatever it is. You know, there, there's, you know, the sports betting is going to be on the ballot this fall, by the way. It's a bad thing. I'm going to tell you to vote no on that. And they're going to say, like, the schools, right, help the schools or help the people on the – I've seen pro-Indian reservations and, and anti-Indian reservation ads for these things. It wrecks people's lives. It really does. God does know, you know, what you can handle. I think that has a lot to do. We need to trust him with what happens. Uh, Elias from Carlsbad, what would you do if you came into that kind of money? Uh, hi. Yeah. So, you know, I really have like not a super personal relationship with God, but he has shown me that it's important to invest in your community. Mm. And my community in Carlsbad has really helped me grow and prosper into the person I am today. Yeah. So, you know, my my husband and I would probably donate to uh, our school and our education because we feel like that's kind of the future of this world is the new generation. And I feel like they're doing a really good job in that they probably need the best education so they continue doing a wonderful job. All right, Elias. I think that's a, a, a great thought there. You know, the lottery is supposed to be for the schools. That's how they sold it. Ted was touching on that a little bit. You could just give your dollar to the school, right, instead of the lottery because they get uh, the classrooms get less than 1% or something at the end of the day. It's uh, really not a lot of what happens there. Imagine what you could actually do if you just gave to the school. And I got something for you. We'll end here in a minute with something to think about. Something I'm really liking about the conversation is that so many of us do have ideas of what we would do. And God, and they're different, right? You're going to, Elias is going to give to the schools and return the money to her um, uh, community. And Teresa said she wants to pay for all these kids to go to a, a camp for kids with disabilities. And, you know, God puts different things on our hearts for a reason. And I think that matters. I'll tell you why in just a second. Helen from Huntington Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Helen. How Thank you doing? Well, just good. I was just curious. Good. Good. Well, all right. So what, I would, said, uh, what would you do I with $830 million? I say that. Uh, we have a project. I went to America for a medical mission, and this 
community need a clinic, no clinic, no no health care. I just go build the things, help them build that clinic. Ah, oh, you can build a clinic, yep. Yeah, I would finish the clinic with this COVID. There's no clinic, no health care. It's terrible. Now, where's this? And, uh, oh, yeah, it's in Uganda. In Uganda. All yeah. right. That is a great idea, Helen. Thank you for calling and sharing uh, that dream with us. That's a really great idea. Uh, Norberto in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. Thank you so much, and God bless you and everybody. Oh, God bless you. Uh, what would you do if you had that kind of money all of a sudden? But usually I try and always do my best to ask the money that I get, my income from the grocery store where I work. I always got ask God to help me how to spend every money, every penny. So with that money, I would like very much. I do voluntary with the homeless in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. So I would like to get some programs because right now the city, they're not doing too much to dance. But I would like to get some programs for them, get some help and housing and do my best to be sure that they spread the word of God in the places and I do it myself in the streets. So I will ask God to have to ask him how to spend every every penny because that money belongs to him, not to me. Yeah. You know what? Uh, the city is spending about $830 million and they're not doing a good job. I bet you, Noberto, would do a better job with it. Yeah, I think so because I know a lot of people in the streets. They, there's a lot of good souls in the streets that they need help and I do my church to spread with them the love of Jesus, yeah. and I will try to do the best to be sure that they get the help. All right. Thank you, Noberto, for your call very much, 888-528-2557. Let's see. Renisha from West Covina, do I have your name right? Yes, Renisha. Hi, Renisha. Welcome to Southern California Live. What would you do if you came up with that kind of money? Uh, Thank you for having me. Well, um, a caller a little while ago Darnell or Daryl or whatever uh, said part of my plan, first tithe, then um, help out family member with debt. And, um, you know, I would put some money up for the children and my family for trust funds. Mm -hmm. And I would buy as much land as possible with, like, houses and trailers to help get people off the street and um, have, like, gardens where they can eat and grow things and, you know, start programs and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's really great. That's a really great idea. Uh, thank you very much, Renisha, for your call. Hey, you know, um, I, I, we, I thought right, I think, that we all have some thoughts about this. And what I appreciate about your calls, everybody, is how thoughtful you are about other people. You're going to tithe, okay, but I, I think sometimes we don't even understand how much money that is left. After taxes, I think you would, after you tithe taxes, you're probably around 300 to $400 million if you took that lump sum or whatever. What would you do with that? And we all have dreams. I've got ideas, and I shared them a while ago. Let's get back down to earth here for a minute and the reality. You're not going to win the lottery tonight, and you're not going to win it next week, and you're not. You're, somebody wins it out there, okay, but you're not. I'm not going to win it. You probably shouldn't even be buying a ticket, like we said, buying a ticket to, to tax on people who are bad at math. Um, but let me tell you something, that thing, when you think about those dreams of what you would do, that you would put a clinic in Uganda, that you would help the homeless, that you would buy housing, that you would repay people who've invested in your life, that you would care about the local schools, that you would pay for kids to go to camp, that you would invest in, uh, kids with disabilities. There are so many things that are right there on your heart. Can I put this on your mind before we, we go that thing that's on your heart, you don't need 
to wait for a, a bunch of money to land for you to do that thing that's on your heart. What I would ask you to do is this. On a much smaller scale in your thinking, is there something that God would have you do? I got this from another pastor, and I, I stole it. It's a great idea. And I've done this in my own life, and it works. What's the one thing that for some reason motivates you that you think God has put on your heart? When you're watching TV and you're seeing some kind of injustice, you're seeing some kind of poverty, you're seeing some kind of illness, you're seeing people suffering, we all have a different response. Sometimes we we watch something and we have a very emotional response to it while we're sitting next to somebody who it seems like they don't care. And you might say, why don't you care about this? I think God does something different in each one of our hearts. Here's what the advice is. You figure out what that thing is that God has put on your heart that's different than what he's put on your spouse's heart or your kid's heart or somebody you know's heart, somebody else's heart. And you find a person or one place that you can support and do for one what you wish you could do for everybody in that circumstance. You know, rather than spread your money out all over the place, give to your church. You need to give to your church. I'm a pastor. I'm going to tell you to give to the church right off the top. That's how your church operates. They need it. Secondly, you take the gifts that God has given you. And if you come into a windfall or something, do for one person what you wish you could do for somebody else. I usually have my one person who I invest my time, my energy, my money into to really help. And I wish I could help everybody in this circumstance. And I have found myself in a circumstance where I am somebody's power of attorney, where I am dealing with medicine, where I'm dealing with them. I, what I tend to do is find people who have nobody and try to help them. That's my one. That's my one thing. And I it's cost me a lot. It's cost me a lot of time, energy. I've had to do some things that I don't even want to describe, but it's the greatest blessing. And I wish I could do that for everybody, but I can't. Even if I had $830 million, it's not enough. You'd be surprised how fast that money goes away. Do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. And you would you would find out that investment goes a long way and that maybe God has put that thing on your heart specifically because you could do for one person. So you can't do for everybody, but you could do for one. Or maybe there's some organization, well, you know, give to that, really bless them. Start with your church. You need your church because it's supporting everybody who is doing this. But then find something, find something that you would do to really help those people. That thing that you think about with the lottery, that thing might be the thing that God wants you to do with whatever he has given you. Maybe he's given you nothing as far as cash. Maybe it's just your time. Maybe it's just a phone call do that. Hey, everybody, thank you. I think this was a great hour. Thanks for being a part of Southern California Live. You can get the podcast at kkla.com. Go to the program guide. We're here from three to five weekdays every single day. Scott Furrow, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.